this worked out well for me. Scary. I'm not going to paint a picture that it was beautiful. It was scary. It was very scary because having that direct deposit paycheck in my account every two weeks for my corporate job was good. Now that check has to come from my efforts from what I do as an educator. So I've got to constantly be reaching out to the community and, and finding communities of people that need what I offer. And that's the thing, finding people that need what I offer. Welcome to The In Factor, conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and our next guest is Sabrina Protick. Sabrina is a published author, certified life coach, founder of Women's Entrepreneurial Empowerment, and a licensed financial services coach. In this episode, Sabrina shares her story of how she leapt into entrepreneurship during one of the darkest moments of her life and how she was able to pivot from almost four decades as a manager in corporate America to an entirely new industry as her own boss. I hope that you are inspired by this episode and enjoyed as much as I did. Sabrina, thank you for joining me today on InFactor. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure and a blessing. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you today. I got to meet you through a book that you're contributing to, and then I'm also writing the foreword for about Tampa Bay entrepreneurs who have been through kind of a rough time this past year, as people around the world have with this pandemic. And can you share a little bit about your story? I was very taken when I heard a little bit about it, but but we're nearing the end of 2020 as we record this. It's been a tough year, and I know it's been a transitional year for you. So could you share a little bit of that with our listeners? Yes, I will. Well, I'll start my story off that I didn't get a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows that. I, mean, I didn't get a cake. Well, I finally just got one. I'll tell you about that. But a career mother and my kids are adults now doing quite well, but 41 years in corporate America. And I had a nice plan to maybe in three years retire and take my little Medicaid and be happy and probably join a women's club. And you know what we do when we retire. Just So I had kind of started working on the whole community thing and we'll get more into some of the organizations that I've done, but my master plan was to continue that. And I knew that retirement wasn't too far off. So I actually started a couple of little small businesses. I, I wrote a book. We'll talk a little bit about that. Just a year ago, it launched and I became a certified life coach right just before that book. And now a financial coach, and I'll tell you how that happened. So all of that in one year, I still can't believe all that happened. But I was positioning myself because, you know, it's a good thing to plan, you mm-hmm. know, plan for your future. So I was planning for my future and everything was rosy. <laughs> Life was wonderful. I was scheduled for a book tour in Barnes and Nobles. I'd done one successfully. I was getting booked for speaking engagements. And then the bottom fell out with the pandemic. And unlike most people, I felt totally secure. I said, well, all my public things are not going to happen this year, but it was the residual income. It was setting me up for retirement, but I'm good. I've got my career job and I'm good. Everything's fine. I didn't worry. Well, we didn't know how serious this pandemic was going to be. Nobody really knew it was going to reach down now, eight months now. And now I'm touched. Because this nice, secure job that I had of 41 years, 
I received a phone call that I was being furloughed for eight weeks. That was, I just could barely even digest that phone call because I had been there so long and I was just years away from what I would call a secure lifestyle. And it was, it was a little devastating to uh-huh. me. Very devastating because just before that, I had lost the income from all my side jobs. So now to get that phone call, I'm like, I'm looking at zero income right now. You know, unemployment's 12 weeks. I'm furloughed for eight weeks. So what am I going to do? Because if the news comes back negative that I don't have a job, what am I going to do? And I, that's the first time I've ever felt that way in my entire life where I was facing zero income. Well, I, I thought to myself, let me just think about this for a minute. I didn't lose my life. And that's, that's significant because a lot of people are losing their lives. Right, right. You know, with the pandemic. So I, I was thankful, a little nervous, but thankful. I just thought, well, you know, Sabrina, didn't you lose your life? So what'd you lose? Income, you can replace that. Benefits, you can replace those. So you're still in a good place. And I just felt like I was too old to reemploy, to be honest. Who's going to hire me to retire me in three years? I'm just being realistic. 40 million people looking for a job. I'm not going to stand out. And I felt like I'd ridden that bicycle anyway for 41 mm-hmm. years. I'm really more into the service side of life and doing the things that are important to people and helping people. So I thought, Sabrina, if that's you, if that's really what you are all about, then do that. So I said, I'm not looking for a job and I'm not looking for a career opportunity. I want to find something where I can serve the community. And I found that through becoming a licensed financial coach because me searching for my own benefits, <laughs> found out what I didn't know. I don't know these things. And I figured 40 million people that are looking for a job that's going to have to reemploy and, and, you know, that's going to look for benefits. They're going to be looking for benefits, the things that I'd lost. So that is what I did. I got my license. And I'm going to tell you something, Dr. White, sending this old girl back to school. <laughs> that was the one thing I worried about to be honest could could I test you know could I retain information and test because I'm learning things I'm learning state laws and rules and I was doing it in a condensed period of time because I wanted to have that security blanket that once I got that phone call in eight weeks that I could take care of myself that I, I was able to generate income and take care of myself and that worried me just to be honest but I, I did, I, but I studied hard. I did not play when everybody was doing, you know, talking and doing social things and watching movies. I was locked up in my room studying. What a great story. So you've got, you're a resilient person. You didn't sit around long, right? You no. You got back up and you said, I got eight weeks here and I've got to make sure that if at the end of this eight weeks, my job is not there for me. I can survive and I can take care of myself. And what a great lesson for all of our young entrepreneurs out there who, and others who may be facing very similar devastating situations. Now, you mentioned the chapter in the book, the book that that I'm writing the foreword for, your chapter in the book is I didn't get a cake. You mentioned that. You've got to tell our audience about that story because that's such a great story. Yes. Well, I had always been the designated person for years. Of my 41 years, there are probably 30 years, was the exit person. So anytime somebody retired, they had longevity, I always got their cake. I had the cake decorated. I chose the words. I took so much pride. Now, you could imagine that I was waiting on my cake one day. 
I said, they're going to do this for me one day. We'd have cake. And I, I picked out the pretty little paper plates and the napkins and everything to go along with it. And I could say, oh, one day they're going to do this for me. I even wrote a poem a couple times, poetry, just for people's exit strategies. So I just knew one day I was going to get my accolades and my cake. And I kind of lived for that. So when when I got that phone call after the eight weeks that my job had been eliminated, you know what I was most upset about, Dr. White? Didn't get your cake. I didn't get my cake. I didn't get my cake. And I kept thinking, well, are they going to Uber me a cake? Maybe maybe I'll get a cake. But I didn't get the cake. And that was just so symbolic and more than just the money. You know, I never got to see the people that I had worked with for so many years. I never got to say that goodbye. I missed all of that. And that anguished me more than anything else because the cake was symbolic, you know, of, of all of that. And I missed that the most is I can get a cake. And I mentioned that, and that's now the title of my book that I didn't get a cake. But I will tell you a couple of weeks ago, when we did a, a launch, our publisher got me a cake. <laughs> so you got a cake. That's awesome. Got a cake. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big cake eater, but that cake tasted so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you deserve it. And it is symbolic yes. of sort of the way everything ended for you and for other people that, you know, it just all happened very fast, didn't it? And yes. we weren't prepared for it. I don't know that we can ever be prepared for something like what we've experienced here in 2020 with COVID-19. But that said, it's still heartbreaking that things ended the way they did for so many people, I'm sure. And and by the same token, it's been a time of new beginnings. Now, you had for anybody that's resilient. And you had actually already started on some some of these before this happened. You mentioned you were already a certified life coach, right? And Yes. So as I was writing my book, which I thought, I thought it was a big accomplishment because it was a book about my journey and having it all and losing it all. And I thought I'm back and I can show and empower people how to get back on your feet. I didn't know there was going to be another hurdle. <laughs> so right. I wrote this book, Growing Ageless, that actually, can I show my book? This is sure. my book. Yeah. I keep it here. It's a talking point. That's why I keep it here when I talk to people, because, you know, this is a journey of, of going through a major hurdle in life and how to bounce back. So I bounced back and I felt so good about that. And I wanted to become a certified life coach because not only did I want to write my story, I wanted to be qualified to help other people get through major life changes, how to change that mental mindset. So I became a certified life coach just before this book launched. So I would have the credentials and credibility. I'm really big on credibility. I felt like I needed to be qualified. Yes, my story, but now I want to help you. So I was lining all those things up and I just didn't even realize I had done all that inside of a year. I didn't realize that this book launched last October and I became a certified life coach the book, and also now licensed in financial services just back June 23rd. Like who does that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, an amazing person does that. And that's you, Sabrina. So so, um, so basically you had undergone a major life crisis prior to this, and that's what the first book's about? 
Yes. So I had, you know, the perfect life, married, two kids, a dog, a house, you know, and they call it 2.5 kids in a minivan. And that was exactly it. And I remember thinking life is just so good. Like it couldn't be any better. And then the family life just took a turn for the worst. And I found myself a single parent. And I was always afraid of that statistic. You know, you're in college. It's just that statistic that gets me, you know, a divorced woman with two kids. And I, I didn't want to be that statistic, but I was. And I wanted to do right by my children. So I didn't want to make my life about me and my downfall. I wanted to still teach and educate them, which they've gone on to be good. But I went through a period of depression. I felt like I had no value and I felt like there was nothing I could offer anybody because how can I, how can I like empower somebody and look what I just went through. But I found the secret to that was to take the focus off of me and make it on other people. So learn to empower and help other people. And I started my women's empowerment organization for that reason to, I got busy in the community. I just got busy helping people on my own. I started this organization, which has over 600 members now. I started it with five people and I just, hey, you wanna, you wanna do something good for women? And we just, just kept at it and we do great things for the community. But as I'm building and growing and helping other people, I got stronger. I felt better about myself and I realized, hey, you do have something to offer. You can contribute to society. You are a good person. And I, I just felt good about myself. And I actually met my publisher in the Women's Empowerment Organization. And you, you know who that is. Mm -hmm. And she said, Sabrina, write your story. And I thought, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I was still kind of living in that world. No, you can do it. And it was through that empowerment and encouragement from her that I wrote my story of how to go from zero to hero, as you might mention, but not because... I was, you know, financially successful, I had recovered and I was now on the path of helping other people, specifically women. That's my, that's my niche is helping women entrepreneurs get the visibility, recover and how to build networks, how to grow. That's kind of what I focused on. Yeah. What a great story and inspiring story. And, you know, it's really interesting. I just interestingly had a conversation with a young man who was feeling very, very frustrated because there were three or four, every time he got on his feet, things seemed to knock him back down. What kind of advice, if we've got some students or others out there listening to this, you know, you gave some really good advice. You've got, you've got the focus off of you and onto other people. How did you do that? How did you, what advice would you give to somebody who feels like, you know, it just seems like every time I get on my feet, something knocks them out from yeah. under me. It's the stories in our head, though, too. So the main thing is do not isolate yourself. We need people and we need friends. And I will tell you, there are four of us. There's three women that we've been there for each other. So as I was going through this depression, one of those ladies resurfaced and moved, but she moved away. And she pulled me out, said, hey, go be around other women. I didn't really want to. But as I was around these other people, I realized I wasn't the only one. There's many women and men that have stories to tell where they've hit the wall. Well, once you start hearing that, you realize, hey, you know what? I went through that. Let me share my story. And it was because of that. So that pack in my book, there's a chapter called The Pack. And it was the pack that helped me get through it. As a matter of fact, Dr. White, when I got my cake, I called those three girls. Let's eat some cake. Right. <laughs> there right, we are with our mask. But it was also those three ladies that I called when I lost my job. 
Right. And they, they built me up and they said, Sabrina, you'll get back on your feet. So what I want to say to that guy and to other people is the importance of, of networks, the importance of friends, the importance of communicating with other people. Because if you just become the hero or the zero in your own head, you won't progress. So get your own thoughts out of your head, interact and integrate with society, form one or two or three or four confidants, buddies, whatever you want to call them. And that's when you're going to flourish and grow. You got to just stop creating stories in your head about your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really great advice. So you went through a tough time. You came out of that, wrote a book about it, and were feeling empowered and ready to take on this next stage of your career, which was going to going to be, you know, finishing out your corporate job and starting being a life coach and book author and which you'd already started. And then you get hit again. And so you're out there and you're trying to figure out your own financial situation. And that's what led you to this next path. Is that right? Yes, because losing income, you have to have another means of income. And even if you have a little bit of money set aside, it can be drained quickly when there's no money coming in. So I had to have a financial plan. And being a financial coach, I'm basically, I'm a paid educator. I'm I'm an educator. And I teach families and communities. My main focus is the middle class. I work with the middle class. And I will tell you, Dr. White, when I share the education with people, the first thing they say is, why are we learning this in school? Like, Mm -hmm. why aren't these basic principles taught in school? Like we learn math, but we don't learn it this way. These are life lessons, like how to protect your estate and your income, how to set up for retirement, because pensions don't exist anymore. I mean, we've got some big companies, but the newer companies are not offering that. So how do you stage your life? How do you set that up? How do we even engage and get products that will help us to, to take care of our families? And people just don't know that. And the only way we get some of those things is through employment. But if you're not employed, then how do you get them? How do you learn about them? So my mission began to educate people on those things and to enrich the community and understand you got to know the the, the people, your audience, who are you trying to reach? And it is that middle class. They don't know. And then some of our younger people, too, you know, teaching our young people the dynamics of finances can be hard because they they picture success as a big new car, a shiny mm. car, you know, a couple of ducks in the bank, you know, duckies in the bank. They think that's success, but success is really learning how to manage your life, protecting your assets. And you are an asset, you know, protecting your life. You're your main asset. Let's learn how to protect that and guard that and put the right things in place. And so I spend 20 minutes, about 20 minutes educating them. And they thank me. I would say 97% of the people thank me for the education. And then we're able to move forward with some products that can help them once they figured out what it is they need. And I don't figure it. I'm old fashioned math teacher. I'm like, okay, you need to figure this, you need to figure that. And when I'm done, they've done their own calculations. And now they know, you know, the worst thing you could do is do numbers for somebody. That's the worst thing. Don't ever give numbers. We're not helping. The help is to get them to calculate it themselves. Good old fashioned pencil and paper. Okay, you write this down. I don't write it for you. And I'm not going to calculate it for you. You do it. So they they take ownership. They take ownership of their life, of their finances. 
And now they know what they need to do for their children, for themselves, their significant others, whatever. And I love that piece. I'm like, I'm the after college finance person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I took finance in college too, but it's different. This is life. Right. You know, th- right. there's a difference. This is a little bit of life. So figuring that piece out. And, th- and then I will say this being able to get immediate income. So it's nice when you're an educator, you know, you're not on a 30 day, I'll pay you in two weeks and that kind of thing. And I want to say this for anybody that's trying to pivot and start over and start a business. You want to make sure you pick something if you need immediate income that you're going to get immediate income, mm-hmm. not something that you got to wait 60 days on a draw, you know, in some of these businesses, because we've owned businesses before that, you know, when your money's coming in and being in a financial education, you need to know when your money's coming in. So I offer financial education. If it's something they want, you know, inside of three, you know, three weeks or so, you know, I'm getting compensated for teaching you. So I didn't have to wait. So I was that was such a relief because I have to say this, when my unemployment ran out the next week, I was able to generate a paycheck Mm. literally the next week, because, you know, you have to report all that to the DEO, right? So you report and so that you fill out your working weeks and everything. And I reported my income, you know, so the next week when my unemployment ran out and it tells you it's exhausted, your benefits are exhausted. There that was. I had essentially taken care of the situation, got that license quickly and engaged myself quickly so that I was able to take care of myself and I wasn't waiting around. So I also want to send that message out too. if you're looking to pivot and you need income, you got to think about what you're pivoting into so that it's going to provide you that income when you need it. Because some professions and some entrepreneurial projects, it could be six months out before you, you get income. Yeah. We always talk about cash is king in a business. And when you're out of cash, you're out of business. And same thing with your life, right? One of the starting points when we talk with students about entrepreneurial finance is starting with your goals. Like, what are you trying to achieve and what do you need? And it sounds very similar to the, the message that you're giving there. Yes. And we also... As in my financial space, I also teach communities how to eliminate debt. And that is a free service that we offer as part of my package. We have a whole debt calculator and and we work with them. And we also have formulas, you know, like I said, to help them with retirement. So that is also a free service. So I'm giving to the community, you know, in that way. It's a little bit of my time. But you know what? Teachers don't worry about that, do we? Educators, Mm -hmm. you you don't measure a clock, you know, when you're teaching, you just don't do that. You feel good. The payback is when you've helped someone and I'm happy it, this worked out well for me. Scary. I'm not going to paint a picture that it was beautiful. It was scary. It was very scary because having that direct deposit paycheck in my account every two weeks where my corporate job was good. Now that check has to come from my efforts, from what I do as an educator. So I've got to constantly be reaching out to the community and, and finding communities of people that need what I offer. And that's the thing, finding people that need what I offer. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you find your clientele? I mean, what strategies do you use? You identify the problem that you had, you solved it, and then you leverage that into a business. Now, how are you going about finding others that 
also need this service so that you can build this business that can keep you going? Well, that's a good question and a valid question. So the first thing was, as I said, I had a network of people because I'm, you know, woman entrepreneur. So I reached out to my friends in this way. I said, I'm starting over. And would you help me? I asked for help. A lot of people are embarrassed to ask for help. Here I am, college degree and a career, big corporate title, and, and I'm going to humble myself. And I asked for help. And I, I said, I'm starting over. And I need people to talk to. I've got this whole financial education piece I'd like to share with you. If you'll just listen to me, let me get some experience. And maybe it could be something you could use, maybe not. But would you help me? And I want to tell you, most of them said yes. They said, Sabrina, we'll help you. Now, if I had gone to them and said, hey, I'm doing this and that, I want to say, it would have been completely different. But when you let people know you need help, and I had to tell them I lost a job. Uh That's being very humble. That's being very humble. So I had to become humble and say, hey, I've lost a job. People will help you if you let them know you need help. And then from there, once I did that, from there, they connected me with other people that needed to hear this message that, you know, my brother or my sister or my cousin, you know, they need this. This friend of mine, she needs this. And so I don't buy any leads. I don't, I don't do that. I'm not a salesman buys leads. I'm not selling. I'm looking to educate community. Tell me who needs to hear the message. I'm here. And that's just, I did it today with someone who, you know, she's got her master's degree. She's, but I, I showed her what I did. She says, you know what? We've been looking for someone to do this. And I think you're going to be a perfect fit for me. I'm like, well, thank you. Because my heart's in the right place. And mm-hmm. they can tell, you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Tell. So absolutely. that's how I found people. So my message, you know, to the people that are watching and listening is ask for help. If you've lost your job, let people know, be humble and say, hey, you know, are you willing to help me? And this is how you can help me. And you'll find that people will do that. They'll help you. But it can't be so businessy. You know, it's just like, will you listen or can you buy one of my products? And I tell people, you know, I cannot tell you, Dr. White, how many products I bought from people. They're starting something new. Okay, I'll buy one. <laughs> or I'll do that, you know, I'll $25. Okay, I'll do that. Do I need the item necessarily? Maybe yes, maybe no. But just giving them that hope and just, you know, one person helping. I'll listen to people's business pitch, you know, you're starting something new. Call me, I'll listen. And then you know what I'm doing when I'm listening? I'm also thinking about how can they make it better or what what did they do that was really good? And I give them feedback. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes people just won't even listen to you. Right. Right. That's all you need is a listing. And it's about building relationships, right? It's not just about taking all the time. It's about giving and taking. And mm-hmm. that's kind of long-term success, I think, in business is when you build relationships. And then you have these people that you can go back to. So what is so let's talk a little bit more about your business. Take us through what it's like to work with you and what you do for your clients. Oh, thank you so much for asking. So I have a 15 minute PowerPoint presentation and it's really broken up in three parts. So what I, you know, I tell people, I'm a financial coach and I have a 15 minute educational presentation I'd like to share with you. Husband and wife, as you know, husbands and wives really make decisions together. I've had wives, well, I make all the decisions and 
the reality is, I mean, couples make decisions together. And if you just, if you talk to the wife, she's got to go try to regurgitate that to her husband and she misses the high points and if he doesn't get it, he's like, who's that crackpot you're talking to? I don't, because she couldn't even say it right. So I really say, look, husbands and wives, let's stop splitting things up. Husbands and wives make major decisions together. This is a major education that both husbands and wives need to know. So if your husband and wife, can we just take 15, 20 minutes where you can be together in the same room? So many people are like, well, my husband's busy working or whatever, but we got to change some things. So I get husband and wife together and the presentation is broken up in basically three parts. And we talk about, well, life insurance, what is life insurance? Well, when I ask them about life insurance, everybody thinks it's for death. Well, you got to die to get it. No, you don't. <laughs> and they don't know that you don't. No, we have something called living benefits. You don't have to die to get your life insurance. Now, here's the question. Why do we even have life insurance anyway? Because when I get, I'm going to be honest, when I got my life insurance at work, I thought about how much everybody was going to get. It really wasn't about the things that it should have been about. It'll pay for my funeral, husband gets this, child gets that. That's really not what life insurance is about. It is about taking care of the things that matter. So what about your house? Who's going to pay for your mortgage if you're gone? Who's going to cover your debts that you have? Because Florida is a community state and your wife's going to inherit it or your husband's going to inherit it. Who's going to pay for that? If you're a two income household and one's gone, who's going to absorb the debt of two people? So when you're looking at life insurance, you have to consider the income that's missing that required two incomes to take care of. Who's going to pay the rent? And what about basics of gas and clothing and food? You know, who's going to cover that? What about the children? So you've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. What's your college plans? Do you have plans? What happens if one mate's gone? Who's going to fund the college? Or do you want your kids to have to borrow money for that? What is your plan? Most people are shocked. Now, you were not in financial planning before, right? You were in no. something completely different. No, I was not in it. I would tell you, I guess numbers just find me. I was a credit manager for years, but I didn't do this kind of stuff. I didn't do this, but I guess numbers just find me. I can crunch them. I, I can do them. And so, you know, typically when people are choosing a profession or choosing something to go into or a business, it's not this, you know, they think about, you know, something a little bit more glamorous, you know, maybe I can, I can be a life coach, you know, but not not on the back end, not this number thing, but it just made so much sense in terms of education. And so I had to learn, oh, like I said, the laws and I had to get certified just to do annuities. That was a brain buster. I'm going to tell you, that's not, you know, you got to, you got to think, you got to think. So I took on something totally new. I knew nothing about laws and statutes and I knew nothing about this. I didn't even know that there was insurance companies that insure other insurance companies. I bet you didn't know that. So you could have a million dollar policy and the insurance company said, mm, that's high risk. So they bring in another insurance company to insure that insurance company. So that claim can be paid. That I mean, I didn't know that. And also here's something I'm gonna enlighten the public too. Did you know that you can like sell your life insurance policy? Like if you got, you can use it, you can use it as collateral. You use your life insurance policy as collateral. I don't know if you knew that. But also there's people that'll buy your life insurance policy. They'll give you money for it. And that, hmm. I didn't know that. I'm sure you get, you know, maybe 60 cents on a dollar or whatever, but you know what? They'll buy your policy. 
I didn't even know that. So those are some of the things that I learned about this whole world of finance that we knew nothing about. Now, don't don't everybody go out, start buying policies. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like to me, I mean, what you found is a way to combine your your life coach and relationship perspective and desire to help people and sort of tied that to something that people are need right now, especially, but always. And that is, you know, they need to make sure that they're financially secure and you found a pathway to do that. And it's really inspiring given, you know, what you've been through and the challenges you've had and how you've changed your life in a short period of time. You know, as I'm listening to you talk and listening to all you've learned and what you're sharing now and what you're doing and how that's changed, it is really inspiring. And I'm wondering what inspires you? What keeps you going? What keeps you moving forward to keep Keep advancing? Well, I'm going to surprise you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stop helping people. I can't stop it. So here I am. New as a financial coach, and I have another event I'm planning. It's a virtual event. It's to benefit Dress for Success. It's going to be December 19th. It's a Saturday. It's $25 to attend. It's called Pivot Possibilities. And 100% of the ticket sales are going to go to Dress for Success. 100%. Now, the thing about that is, like I said, I didn't know the different pivot opportunities. So I want to provide a resource list of pivot opportunities is what I want to do. So we're going to have some businesses that can help you develop a business. We call it business offerings. And I'll have about six people. They'll spend about five minutes doing their complete business offering and a little Q&A in there. And their name's going to go on a resource list. Then the second half of the list is going to be businesses that support businesses. So let's say you have a videography business, a photography business, a marketing business, whatever. Your name is going to go on that resource list. Because when you start a business, you need somebody to do your taxes and you need somebody to do your marketing. So the attendees are going to get that resource list. Pivot possibilities, possible business ventures and support services to go along with it. And I thought that would be very helpful to people that's having to pivot. And if it goes over well, then we'll probably do it every quarter for next year. Because as you know, pandemic is still rearing its ugly head and people are looking for opportunities. Mm -hmm. How do you know what opportunities are out there? So I'm doing that. And here's another thing I'm doing. You didn't know about this, but I'm launching a woman's newsletter. It's called The Smarter Woman. That's going to launch in January. And it's all about, you know, Women, we know more now, so we're smarter. We make smarter choices. So it's going to be about health and wellness and finances and anything that makes us better, smarter, and wiser. That's going to be an electronic newsletter, and that's going to be coming out in January. So we're putting all the finishing touches on that. We got the name. I got the logo going. Call me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I see a theme, and what's impressive and I think exciting is that you get, you know, you get at the grassroots level, you go, you know, you go to the point where people really need help, and they're struggling, and you try to help them see options. And, you know, like your pivot possibilities, I think that's a great, great idea. Because, you know, sometimes when we're in the midst of a very challenging time, it's very hard to see all the possibilities, they're out there. And they always have been, but sometimes we need somebody to take our hand and kind of give us a little bit of a guidance to 
you know, to where we might look. And so I really like that, you know, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing a very grassroots approach to helping people and just really giving people, helping people see options and empowering people. And, you know, with your women's empowerment group, it's the same thing. I mean, it sounds like to me, you have managed to figure out how to stay empowered through challenges and you you share that with other people and you're it's a great service I think all of these things that you're doing thank you thank you and I have to give credit to the women's empowerment group that's we w-e-e women's entrepreneurial empowerment they keep me going and I honor all those ladies I do everything I can to help their businesses you know be seen and heard and visibility and so The name behind the pivot for possibilities is going to be we, you know, we're doing that women's entrepreneurial empowerment, very excited about that. And so I hope that you guys spread the word about that. It's going to be December 19th. And also, like you said, grassroots. So the newsletter, we're going to have a pharmacy that's going to be a compounding pharmacy because he has a anti-aging part of his pharmacy. And also we have a medical doctor. And I think you know who she is, Dr. Biwa. Do you know Dr. Biwa? Uh Mm-hmm. Okay, she's going to be involved in the newsletter. We have an attorney that's going to be involved in the newsletter, myself, providing. So it'll be medical information. It's going to be life changing information. It's going to be financial information. Each month, we're going to bring topics that are critical to women. That's, that's going wonderful. To help them. Help them that's wonderful. So I want to ask you, you know, you definitely exhibit resilience in your own life. And, you know, resilience is something as I, over the years, as I've been teaching and studying entrepreneurship and practicing it myself, that I've come to believe that is fundamental to being successful, probably in any way, but especially as an entrepreneur. So how, to, to what do you attribute your resilience? Is it something you've developed over the years? Did you learn this as a child? Is it, are there any tips, techniques that you use to remain positive and, and optimistic and resilient? I have to give that credit to my mother. My mother is a sterling example of resilience. And for every negative comment I will make to her, she'll give me two positives. She is like my anchor. And at 84 years old, she's, my mom probably reads a 300-page book every week. Still, she's a reader. And so she has always empowered me when I was down and I was low and I felt like I just couldn't go on. She, no, Sabrina, you no, 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 we're not going to have this. You, you know. So she's always been the one to pick up the family. She picks us up every time. So I would say I've gotten I was groomed by my mom and she's my hero. She is a sterling example of a resilient woman. And I owe all of that to her. So I've done the same thing, hopefully, with my my children. I've got a daughter. She's a powerhouse. My daughter has twin girls. They're 12 months old. And she's got a nine-year-old. And she's an entrepreneur. I'm helping her do some things. I'm helping her. We're both co-hosts on Thriving Women Talk. And that's issues that impact women. And she's on that now. So here she is with twins. She gets gets that bottle, that feeding time down, and she's able to get in front of that camera real quick. I said, Whitney, <laughs> you can do this. You can do it. I empower her and inspire her to do it. So she knows that she can still do things, even though, you know, she's a mom, she's married, got kids, but she can still make that time. So yeah. I do that because that's what my mom did with me. You can do it. 
Yeah, I've got a mom story too. So it's wonderful. And my mom was my inspiration as well. Yes. So that's, that's wonderful to hear. So, you know, it's, this has been really exciting for me to hear about what does the pathway look like for Sabrina over the next few years? You know, you had your retirement all mapped out and, you know, what, what are the next few years going to look like for you and what's your plan now? Well, you know, I will tell you through my financial coaching, I've gotten closer to my children. You know, I think everybody's gotten closer because of sheltering in place. And I'm building a business rapport with them also. So my son's in business with me on a, on a different level, on a, on a different level. We do some business things together, my daughter as well. So what I see coming out of this is a little family unity. We were kind of getting some of that back and getting to have a little pivotal role in their life with that inspiring. And also because of this business, I've got about 19 people that I'm training to be coaches, financial coaches. So I see myself as like that retired coach. You know, I see myself as a person that's still coaching people and helping people be the best that they can be. And I love it. So I'm, I'm still teaching, I'm coaching, I'm, I'm life coaching, I'm financial coaching. So I kind of see myself as that person. I'm just always going to be that little coach somewhere doing something for somebody and being involved in the community. That's really what I see. I see myself just doing that. You know what? Uh, what's interesting to me is, is listening to you because before it was all about this point in time when you were going to retire you know. and then you were going to do everything. But now life has given you the opportunity, even though it came in a rather painful way to dive right in. And it's less about reaching that point in time and more about living a life that's really true to Sabrina and, and what you were all about all along and what you really oh. loved and are passionate about. So that's really very cool to see. And I think for anybody listening that wants to be an entrepreneur or is starting in this path, it's a really inspiring story to hear that you know, sometimes through the bumpiest, rockiest times, we can find our way to where we were meant to be all along. So really, really great story. Sabrina, I always like to ask a couple of questions as we wrap up our conversation. And that the first one is, if you had one piece of advice that you could leave with our listeners, knowing you've got a lot of student entrepreneurs or people who would like to start a business or maybe have started one and and they're still, you know, trying to figure everything out, what would that advice be? Well, first of all, I think you've got to be passionate about what you do. You know, I didn't per se choose finances, but I chose coaching. So I love that piece of coaching. So that's why it was a good fit for me. So make sure that you're doing something that you enjoy doing. If you're not a people person, coaching is not the thing for you. So you have to find What's your comfort zone? And some people aren't successful in business because they've chosen the wrong thing. Like they'll tell you, I absolutely hate this. Why are you doing it? Because somebody said I can make a million dollars. Well, that's really not the reason to do something. You've got to do it because you have a passion. So I go pivot with passion and purpose. That's my advice there. Pivot with passion and purpose. Second of all, and as I mentioned earlier, ask for help. If you're not a business strategist, get one. You know, I did, I did have a coach. I had somebody that coached me into financial coaching. I had somebody coached me into life coaching. Get a coach. Get someone that's going to help you when you feel like you can't do it anymore. Or stay away from this or, stay, you know, do that. You need to get a good support group. And then find balance in your life. Find time where you can actually step away from that 
and eat a cheeseburger with somebody or whatever, you know, find time to enjoy life because you have to have those little rewards. If life is all about pushing, 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 and you don't have those little rewards, you're going to burn out. So avoid the burnout, do something good for yourself every now and then find a balance. So balance is key. Yeah. I like that a lot. Great. All great, great advice. And Great to see you living it and just so excited to hear your story and looking forward to seeing what 2021 brings for for Sabrina. So where can our listeners connect with you, find your book, find out more about what you do, anything you want to share in terms of ways that people can connect with you and find out about what you're doing? Yes. Well, thank you. Well, I just got relevant on Google. (laughs) I sent away for Google my number, something like that. Somebody's helping me with that. So anyway, you know, I said, get a coach. So they said, Sabrina, are you on Google? And I don't have my business on Google. You need to be on Google. So I'm on Sabrina Protic Enterprises is on Google. Sabrina Protic Enterprises is on Google. So you can find me there. Also, I have a website, sabrinaprotic.com. And that's P-R-O-T-I-C. SabrinaProtic.com. I have a YouTube channel, Sabrina Protic. I figure that's not a common name. So if you can manage to spell Protic, you can find me. <laughs> yeah. You can find me. And it's pretty, just pretty much that simple. Sabrina Protic Enterprises or SabrinaProtic.com. I'm also on social media. I have a Facebook page. I have Instagram. I'm still trying to figure Instagram out. I'm just telling the truth about that. And my Facebook page is pretty simple. I pretty much you'll see me elevate a lot of people on my Facebook pages. That's kind of how I do that. I mentioned myself briefly, but more other people, but yeah, reach out to me, Sabrina Protic. I'm here in the community and you can also find we, so we have a website. So it's W E E hyphen women entrepreneurs. That's W E E hyphen women entrepreneurs. And you can find out more about we and how you can support us and support these wonderful women entrepreneurs. Thank you, Sabrina. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor. 